Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio joining us now. And Aaron, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? John, Joe, I'm well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Doing great, man. And uh, I know that there's a lot of stuff we've been talking about today, and I know you've been a busy man. So uh, let's start with the obvious one with uh, Razorback basketball. Let's start there. What's going on? Like, you know, we we have our takes, and fans are getting frustrated and annoyed because this was supposed to be the year. I know Nick Smith's out and Trevin Brazil's out, but, man, going on the road and losing to Vandy in the way they did, giving up 97 points is not going to really fulfill any sort of confidence in any fans at this point in time. Certainly not. You know, I mean, I don't know what to say other than I don't know how you can um, explain the situation, anything other than what you just said, John. I mean, listen, you know, I I saw Coach Muss after the Alabama game. Um, You know, he was honest. It's not what fans want to hear, but it's the truth is that, you know, when you spend a whole, you know, you you spend a two, three-year cycle putting together a roster – um, you know, Nick Smith was basically recruited from the time Coach Musk got to Arkansas in 2019. Um, and you think you're going to have him like that is going to play a role when you don't have him. And so, you know, I go back to that Oklahoma game, which I think was the first game maybe that Trevin Brazil was out. Um, and, you know, but Nick Smith was playing with Anthony Black, with, you know, Ricky Council, obviously with Jordan Walsh. And they look phenomenal. And so it's not an excuse. And I, I don't know what the perception or the conversation is in the state of Arkansas. Um, but I know that when I shared the, 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 the clip from Coach Moss about, you know, everything was built around these two guys that aren't available, you know, I got some pushback of, oh, you know, of course you're going to offend Coach Moss or you're going to offend Arkansas or whatever. Like, I think that's the truth. And so now um, – you know, I, I, again, I don't know what, what, what the buzz is, no pun intended, in, in Arkansas, but I think right now you have to start planning for a, a remainder of the season that obviously doesn't include Trevin Brazil, doesn't include uh, Nick Smith probably as well, and you got to figure out ways to, to, to do this with the guys that you got. And so that, to me, is where you are. That's where you're going to be, and that's the reality whether you want it to be or not. Um you know, I think the only silver lining that I would really add is that if there's one guy that's just going to tinker, 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 change, 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 and a guy, by the way, that has done well in crisis when there's been injuries, dating back to year one with Isaiah Joe, dating back, dating back to his Nevada days, it's Coach Musk. So I haven't completely given up on this season yet, um, but I do think, you know, the reality, I think we, we kind of just have to accept Trevin Brazil's obviously not coming back. And increasingly, you know, there's mixed reports on whether Nick Smith is coming back either. And so it's a sad reality, but it is the reality because, as you said, John, I know how much everyone was looking forward to this, Uh, not only with Arkansas, but I would say as a consumer of college basketball, I was looking forward to it as well. And it's disappointing with how things have played out so far. Arkansas has been here before in the last couple of years, so it's familiar territory. It seems like it could be a a bit different this year. How do you see it, Aaron? You see it being much of the same where they've been in a hole and they'll be able to pull from this hole, or does it seem a bit different? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I don't, Joe, I'll be honest. I don't really think it's that different. Um, this team obviously has real weaknesses, most notably shooting. Um, but, you know, I, I, unless I'm mistaken, maybe the first elite eight year, but I don't think you, Arkansas was a great shooting team last year either. I, I could be wrong on that, but I don't think they were. And, you know, again, Coach Musk just kind of tinkered with the lineups until he was able to figure out one that worked. 
the one the one um, silver lining, if you will, in the SEC right now is that I'll be honest is <laughs> I, I I've been an advocate of SEC basketball. I think there's a lot of okay to good. I don't think there's a lot of great in this league this year. And, you know, listen, Alabama is obviously going through a very serious off-the-court issue right now. We'll see how they respond. But they, they have been the class of the league. But even prior to su- Saturday, I wasn't totally sold on Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky, we'll see, you know, if, if, if the other night was like a, a jolt or if it was just a one-off deal. I'm not ready to say their season's turnaround. Um, LSU is not – I don't even think they're the same team from when Arkansas played them a few weeks ago. Uh, Mississippi State struggling. Ole Miss is terrible. I could go on and on down the list. But really, outside of Alabama at its peak, A&M is playing pretty well right now. There isn't a lot of, like, great in the SEC. So I think, Joe, that to me is the silver lining, is that it feels like there are a lot of wins to be had if this can get figured out. Part of it is obviously internal with Coach Must. And then from there is just, you know, is just taking care of business against teams that you're capable of. Because I think even without those two guys, there are still a lot of wins to be had if things can get turned around. Well, and if we're looking at just the Vanderbilt game, too, because that's the obviously the latest one, I look at it, Aaron, and I know you watch college basketball like crazy. Yeah, it's de- bad you lost, but to me it was more bad timing because you're going to have games in college basketball where the other team it just can't miss, is unconscious from the field, and that's pretty much what happened against Vanderbilt. I'm not saying Arkansas played perfect defense, but, I mean, they had, made th- they had 63 points in the second half. They shot – over some back 70% from the field in the second half, and it made a difference. Like that to me is kind of where Arkansas's offense was better. But sometimes you're just going to have those types of games in college basketball where you may be the better team, but the other team just plays out of their minds. And it's just unfortunate that it was timed after Arkansas already had a one and three start in conference play. Yeah. And, you know, and I would also say too, and I know that we're probably closing in on the two thirds of the way point of the season. So this isn't really an excuse, but that I'll say this Auburn, which obviously Arkansas lost that is a really tough place to play. Okay. Um, And I would say this Vanderbilt is, has its own unique challenges too in the court setup and everything like that. And so, you know, maybe they'll be a better team by mid to late February, early March, but I think it's a tough place for a young team to go that we all know that, you know, they hadn't played a road game before SEC play. And so John, I think, I think it's a lot of factors is like you said, I think that, you know, they were lights out. They couldn't do anything wrong in the second half. It was kind of crazy. You know, I watched a lot of the first half and then, you know, kind of after that craziness at the end of the half where whatever it was, the the seven straight points from the foul line, I kind of just kind of forgot about it. And I came back and somehow Vanderbilt was winning. And so Obviously, you look at the box score after you try to figure out what happened, but I, I just bring it up to say is that I'm with you, John, is that, again, I know it sounds like an excuse, but I still believe that there's enough talent. And, and like you said, sometimes you just catch the wrong team on the wrong night. I, I'll give you another example, and I know it's you know, not what an, a, a team that Arkansas fans have no love lost for, but it was kind of like that Kentucky-South Carolina game. Like that kid, Michi Johnson, could barely get off the bench at Ohio State last year he puts up 26 points at Rupp Arena. I think he had seven three-pointers. He had the game of his career. And even if you want to say that, you know, the Kentucky defense wasn't great, you know, a couple missed rotations, whatever, I don't think that kid's going to score 26 points in any game this year. It just so happened to come in a game at Rupp Arena when everybody was watching, when Kentucky just could not afford to take the loss, and then they did. And so, again, not making excuses, not saying that, you know, there aren't things to clean up and things and, and places to blame. 
in terms of what's going on at Kentucky or at Arkansas right now, frankly, Kentucky too, but we're obviously talking about Arkansas, but it also isn't, I haven't seen anything that makes me say, okay, this isn't fixable. And I know I'm going long on this answer, but I'll just say this really quick. Um, You know, there are some teams that are struggling. I don't think their problems are fixable. We don't need to get in too far of a rabbit hole. I don't think Duke is getting fixed this year. I just don't think they're as good as we thought. Um, There are other teams, you know, again, on and on and on. I think Arkansas can fix things and can get hot. It's just a matter of whether they do or not, guys. Aaron, looking at the SEC, more surprising where Kentucky is as far as in conference play and overall, or Georgia and what they're doing overall and then in conference play. Which are you more surprised by? Well, it's funny because I was very critical of Mike White when he was at Florida. Um, And what I would say is I'm not sold that this is maintainable for Georgia because Mike White at Florida had a couple really good stretches where, you know, his, his defenders would say, oh, you know, Torres, you're too tough on him, blah, 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 blah. And then he'd immediately take two or three bad losses. Um, almost honestly, like a little bit like a, like a Mike Anderson. Um, and so I'm not ready to say that, you know, this is some incredible success story because I've seen him with talented teams and I've seen him in years where he's had a good, you know, four or five game stretch at any one point and can't maintain it for a season. So I'll believe Georgia when I see it. Um, that is surprising, but I, I do think the Kentucky stuff is surprising to me. Um, and I, I was one that was a little bit, you know, less high on Kentucky coming in, but you do return the national player of the year. You do return the SEC leader in assists. You do return, or you do bring in two McDonald's All-Americans. I didn't see them taking this long and struggling this bad this deep into the season. And I think what's interesting about them is that, you know, there were some injuries that I think allowed them to kind of try some things on Saturday that I don't know if they're going to be able to keep doing, right? So, like, you know, their fans, and I don't mean to bore Arkansas fans with, like, a Kentucky roster breakdown, but Kentucky fans have been calling for uh, basically Severe Wheeler, their starting point guard, to kind of be benched in favor of their freshman, Kaysen Wallace. And it's not a knock on Severe, but he's limited. He's limited defensively. He has a lot of turnovers. And so I only bring it up because he was hurt on Saturday and they played their best game of the year. So I think even though they got that win, I'm not sold that, that their problems are solved. And if anything, I think weirdly some new problems may pop up because I think it's clear who the best players are and who should play with who. But now Calipari has the tough challenge of, do you bench some of your veterans? Do you bench some guys that have been there before? It's going to be an interesting, interesting scenario there. Speaking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio as well as the Aaron Torres podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Aaron, I want to take you back to Alabama because I know you talked about how you, yeah. you're still not uh, maybe as high on them as what the other people are, but they are 15-2. and two. They're undefeated in conference no, play. I mean, I think they're the best team in the country. I just, okay, I okay. just do – I think right now – I think they're the best team right now this second in college basketball. Now, you know, they, they've lost some games, but they, they lost the game in November and mid-December. I think right now they're playing better than anybody. Um, one, it's a question of if it's sustainable. It's a long season. And then I think two, and I'm not making light of what happened over the weekend in Tuscaloosa, but, I mean, you have a player arrested for the charges that he was arrested on. And for people who don't know, you can Google it. You don't need me to give you a criminal report here. But, um, you know, Nate Oates did address it today at his press conference. I I saw the quotes. I haven't heard the press conference, but I give him credit. He didn't hide from what his uh, now former player is accused of. I do think that's going to be a big burden for the team. And, again, 
a, a young woman lost her life. I don't want to make light of, um, you know, I don't want to make light of the fact that somebody lost their life, but this is a sports show. I am a sports analyst. And so from a sports perspective, I'm curious to see, can you really put it past you? Or is this something that's going to linger over the program all year long? So it's just, um, I, I actually think Alabama is the best team in the country right now. I've said that probably for about, probably about two weeks now. Um, but they certainly have some off the court issues that, that are going to, like I said, follow them, John. And it's just a matter of whether they can put that stuff aside as they obviously pursue what I think could be a really special year. I think they're by far the best team in the SEC. I think they're a team that can win the national championship again, if they can put all this aside. Yeah. So that was kind of what my question was going to be, but on top of that too, with Alabama and obviously the way that they're playing, some of the other teams like Houston, Kansas, Purdue, uh, you know, Texas is still, even without Chris Beard, has been uh, playing really well, even at UCLA. But as far as teams that you feel really confident right now, as far as being best of the best, top four, top five, final four type teams, it's Alabama. And who else are you really feeling from uh, from college basketball right now? Honestly, guys, I think right now it feels very wide open. And I'm usually one – my my go-to is always, if you look at this historically, the teams that actually win the national championship are almost always a one seed or have the best player in the tournament. So in general, I think the, 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 the group of teams that can win it is usually actually a lot smaller than people realize. But this year, I, I think there's huge question marks where, you know, you just look at the top 10 from last week. UConn takes two losses. Arizona loses for the second time in three games. Um, I'll say this, you know, Kansas, if you look at Kansas's schedule, if you look at it, at how they've played, I mean, they really could, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, they could have like three or four in league losses. Like they played probably six league games and probably four of them they could have lost. So right now, John, I think it's really open. Um, you know, one team that I do like to keep an eye on, cause I don't think they're getting as much talk right now is UCLA. They actually play at Arizona on Saturday. So that'll be a great test. UCLA is one because um, they're on the West Coast. They play late. The Pac-12 schedule is weird. Um, and, and, you know, I just – I don't know. I don't know why, but they're a veteran team. You know, last year they went to the Sweet 16. The year before they went to the Final Four. They still have a lot of guys that were on both of those teams, but they've also kind of mixed in that upper-level, one-and-done freshman uh, high school talent as well. So UCLA is one that's probably on the outside that not enough people are talking about. But you get past Alabama, like I said, you know, Tennessee obviously is coming off a loss. Uh, uh, you know, for people who are driving around, Purdue, which is a, 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 the number, you know, three team in the country right now, is actually losing as we speak playing on MLK Day. My UConn Huskies are falling apart. Tennessee lost. So I, I, I think a group will separate itself by March. But right now it feels really wide open, guys. Something that's talked about every year, and it seems like especially this time of year, is uh, John Calipari and the possibilities there of leaving Kentucky. How much are you buying that this year? Um, you know, I, I think we have to see how everything plays out. The one thing I will say, I'll defend Kentucky fans as weird as it sounds for this. I, I don't think Kentucky fans actually want a new head coach. What I think they do want, though, is if you're going to spend all offseason taking a victory lap on all your recruiting wins and your transfer portal wins, you've you got to be better in the season, and you got to be better all season long. I think that's really kind of been the knock the last few years on Kentucky, Joe, is you know last year they, they were a two-seed, but they really didn't get going until about January, 
had some struggles in between. I ended up losing to St. Peter's. And so what I would say is, listen, if this stays kind of on a, on a roller coaster trajectory up and down, um, you know, certainly if he misses the tournament, um, what I do think is true. And I've heard this from people that I trust. I I do think he's going to listen if other people come after him. Um, but I think that what it comes down to is does a Texas, as an example, like does Texas want John Calipari at 60 something years old? If, if you're not making the NCAA tournament, like I, I don't think there's going to be a market for him if he doesn't have success. And then of course, I think if he has success, I think he'll end up staying because I think that's where he wants to be. So to me, what I would say is yes, in the darkest moment, South Carolina, listen, I was one of the people after South Carolina. I said, you're losing two. You could excuse pretty much everything else up to this point, but you lose to South Carolina. It's bad. Um, and at that point it did feel like, okay, like this can't keep going on like this, but they get the win in Knoxville and now they got to build on it. And so this does feel to be honest, more like a situation where um, they're stuck with each other. He's not going to leave. And you know, the school obviously can't afford to, to, to buy him out or fire him or whatever. Um, but I do think if things got bad enough, and I think if he had a legitimate offer, whether it was Texas, whether it was the NBA, whether it was some other job that opened up, um, I, I don't think it's inconceivable that he's coaching somewhere else next year, Joe. So, Aaron, uh, kind of switching gears a little bit, tonight you got a playoff game, Cowboys and Bucks. Tom Brady, and uh, we know his story, but winning the division, they got the home game, but Cowboys, a lot of pressure on them. So what kind of you thinking happens tonight in this playoff game? Say that one more time, John. Yeah, so what do you think happens tonight in this playoff game oh. before uh, before you got uh, uh, with with the Cowboys and the Bucks? I'll tell you, this is like the opposite of the immaculate force versus the immovable object. Is I don't trust Dallas at all because I mean they're the Cowboys. Let's be honest. And sorry, sorry, Cowboys fans. I know there's a lot of them in Arkansas, but it's the truth. I also just don't buy that Tom Brady is going to somehow magically flip a switch because he's Tom Brady. Like I, you know, I, I don't cover the NFL on a day-to-day basis, but I watch it like everybody else. And this year feels different. Like he hasn't looked good. He's looked old. He's looked, you know, the the guys around him aren't very good. The O-line hasn't been great. There's been injuries around him. You know, (laughs) I'm going to do the the unthinkable, John. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win in in Tampa Bay tonight. And I, and I would close by saying this, I saw this stat and it blew my mind. And, And John, I know you're about my age, but The Cowboys, if I read this correctly, they haven't won a road playoff game since 1992. (laughs) 1992. That is, what is that, 31 years? So we're talking about if they have a stretch, if they win tonight and have a stretch this long again, they're not winning a road playoff game into the, you know, the 2060s or whatever. So it is insane to me. I am going to take Dallas. It's one, I I know you guys – you know, uh, talk betting, I'm sure, a little bit. I wouldn't put any of my hard-earned money on it. I just don't really trust the Cowboys, but I, I, I just don't think this idea that Tom Brady is going to rise from the ashes, I just don't buy it. Aaron, guess what? They haven't won many at home either yeah. since that stretch in 92. Yeah, That's very true, too. Yeah. So, well, Aaron, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll be catching up with you later down the road. Thanks, fellas. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.